there and welcome to Heavy Matters Podcast, the podcast where we talk about heavy metal, hence the name Heavy Matters. I'm Joey and today we are a little bit behind this week on the album uh, releases due to, look, we've said before, we don't get paid for this, we have full-time jobs, we have kids, so we're a bit behind um, through no fault of either of us, we're just a bit behind. But anyway, we're covering albums from uh, Periphery and Four Token on tonight's show. Uh, apologies, a bit late, but these two albums that we felt we should cover, because you'll see why at some point during the show, um, especially with Periphery, which I think is safe to say is very close to my co-host heart and his name is Venny. How are you, me old fruit? Oh, repping the merch as well. I'm good, um, thank you. I'm good, yeah, repping the old uh, hail stand tea. Um, lovely. So yeah, I thought I'd bring it out for tonight. Nice. And how have you been, mate? It's been a while. Yeah. Well, it's not been a while, but it has been. Yeah, we'd been pretty uh, on the nose, hadn't we? So yeah. yeah, a week goes by and it seems like ages. But yeah, no, good. Thank you, mate. Very yeah. good. Like we we're now on the twenty second of March, and our New Year's resolution then was to be ahead of the release week. But yeah. Lo and behold, here we are. It is what it is, as much as I hate that phrase. Um, but anyway, let's get stuck in. So the first album we're going to cover is, of course, Periphery. It's Periphery 5. Gent is not a genre, which we'll get into at some point, I'm sure. But, uh, I mean, this album, I called it out there a minute ago. Periphery are a band that are quite close to your heart, aren't they? When, when all said and done. Yeah, it's a funny one actually. I've got a funny relationship with Periphery in that early early on um they were one of those bands um that on paper would be right up my street, but I could never really get on board with them. And it took me quite a while. And my big criticism of them before was that I just didn't think they had songs. Um they had all the technical flair, but they just didn't have the, the songs to back it up but I, I mean i was delighted when it finally did click and as is often the way with these things when it does take a little while to click often those are the bands you actually really really like in the end so um yeah i really enjoyed i think it was periphery free that i really got on board with and i loved that last album hellstan um which was four and so, yeah, I was really interested in seeing what they would, uh, where they would go next with this. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, which album was it that you saw? Did, did you listen to their previous albums or was it your entry point? Was it part three? Yeah, no, I, I definitely had listened to them um, and they'd had a couple of EPs as well. I'd seen them live a couple of times. And again, it's quite complex and dense music. And I guess if you're not... Um, familiar with the songs uh it can just all be a little bit of a wall of noise and a bit hard to penetrate but yeah um even now in retrospect going back to kind of the alpha omega double album i, I actually really like and even the earlier albums and eps are really good and there are i was i'm pleased to say i was wrong there are some really good songs on there so um yeah that that's so not necessarily in there from the start, but certainly um, a good few years. My entry point, I think, was from you, 
and when we reviewed, did we review Hailstand? We did, we, yeah. We did. Okay, so I think that was my entry point to Periphery. And my question now, straight off the bat, Benny, is have Periphery always been this heavy? <laughs> um, no, it's, no, I don't think they have. Because when I first heard, like, Periphery's, and we're going to talk about, like, Gent, although the album's called Gent's not a genre, but... Periphery is always one of those names when you mention Gent, you know, Periphery, Shugs, Meshuggah, Sixth. And I never really listened to them. And when I heard Hail Stan, and especially Blood Eagle, the first track, which is a ballsy 20-odd minute opener, which I'm a big fan of, by the way, um, I couldn't believe how heavy it was. And then on album number five we're talking about, Wildfire, kicks off potentially even heavier than that song. So I just wondered if they just always were this heavy. No, I mean, they've always had those really heavy... Um, Sorry, Reptile, not Blood Eagle. Yeah, Reptile's the, the long track. But Blood right. Eagle is a, it's a great... I mean, we're not reviewing that album, but that yeah. kicking off with Reptile and then Blood Eagle and Church Burner, that is actually really heavy. Um yeah, I think they've always had those, that heavy guitar tone. Um, I might be wrong, but I think they use a seven-string guitars. I think they probably have a quite a unique tuning for them that makes it, that gives them that characteristic guitar tone. They've always had that heavy guitar tone, but I think what is interesting about them is the juxtaposition between that and their singer, Spence Sueto, who has a very poppy melodic vocal a lot of the time which i think that juxtaposition probably puts some people off and the diehard true metal people might be a bit perturbed by his quite poppy vocal whereas whereas like you say the musically at times it can be really very heavy i mean you've segued into the question i was going to ask later on but i might as well ask it now about the vocals because when we reviewed the catatonia album the 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 one they released recently you asked me the question do would the vocals potentially put off people when listening to it and my question back to you now is the same question with periphery do you think spencer's vocals would put off your i'm not even going to say diehard metal fan but a metal fan listening to this album yeah i think they would and yeah. and I think visually as well, there's a contribution to that as well. Um, but for me, um, whilst he does have those really poppy and melodic moments, he is also really adept at the heavier death growls and the more extreme vocal styling. So I don't think he, I think he's really talented across the board. I don't think it is just that melodic vocal that he's selling himself on. But yeah, I mean, I do think that puts people off. And just to fire the ball back into your court, like you are the kind of person, not necessarily these days, but I think five or 10 years ago might have been one of those people who might be perturbed by quite melodic or poppy vocals. So putting the ball back in your court, would you say, was that something that initially you found a bit challenging and actually just through familiarity you've come to enjoy yeah definitely when i listened to hailstand definitely it was not great and great is not the right word and i think 
not necessarily to the same extent, but like Tesseract with the same sort of style, you know, the not necessarily death growls, but do you know what I mean? With the, those stylistic approaches. Um, but I mean, when, when this, when I first listened to this album, the new periphery one, it was <clears throat> when wildfire came on the heaviness, I was like, Jesus Christ, this is like, if this is it the whole way through, then like, this is going to be potentially too much for me because there's so much going on, but you know what I mean? But then like, when the chorus comes in, you know, the melodic chorus of seeing wildfire, I was like, okay, so like you had my curiosity. Now you have my attention because it does. And it's so weird how it sucks you in these sort of songs that like you said, the juxtaposition like can be so heavy one minute and then this, and to an extent as well, it's not just in this song, but they do have pop ish songs on this that you <laughs> Wouldn't be out of place on a Saturday night on top of the pops where it's still running. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, um, in a way, I feel the record follows a similar um, structure to how Stan, the last record. Um, I think it starts with Wildfire, which is a really quite heavy track. Uh, Atropo as well. Yeah, Tacky Wax Wings. And that follows for me a similar line to Reptile, Church Burner. Um, Blood Eagle, yeah. Yeah, uh, and Blood Eagle, sorry. Yeah. And then on the last album, you got that break with the poppiness of Only Smiles. And on this album, yes. you get the break with Silhouette and Dying Star. And it just it, for me, it was just that, that similar structure that kind of rung true. Yeah, I, I have um, Wax Wings as well as another one, which is, it's, it's just a beautiful, beautiful song. But yeah, It Only Smiles, there's definitely that stylistic. And I don't want to say playing it safe, but if it's not broke, then don't fix it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think they have so much kind of going on on any record um, that, yeah, isn't, they're never really playing it safe. Um, but yeah, I did see similarities. Um, I think there are some differences. I mean, going back just to Wildfire, because I think it is worthy of a bit more attention, I just think that is such a fantastic track. Yeah. I, um, they released it as a single. Um, I think I was texting you and the rest of the Heavy Matters Hate crew when I was sunning myself in the Caribbean on holiday and they'd released it at that point. And I honestly had to ration myself to listen to it just once or twice a day just to avoid getting too familiar with it. But I just think that track is fantastic and an amazing way to to open the record. It has those 8-bit glitchy sounds, which is quite typical for through. They've had that from the start. Um, just great guitar tone that sing-along chorus that you said that you just can imagine screaming live um, if they play it, that kind of mashugary, spidery oh. guitar solo, if you know I, what I mean. There's, there's, sorry, just while you've touched on that, to interrupt, mate, sorry, but in this gen, it's not a genre. Like, mashugar obviously considered the sort of founding fathers of this genre. And 
those bits in there i think this like i want to say straws pulled at random and it's not that it's not i can't remember what album it's off now or the name of the song but there's so many similarities like to mashuga and that by no means is a copycat thing or a bad thing because it just brings so much joy to the songs and the way they mix it up with like the heavy jarring opening with mixed with that chorus which is so mellow or clean whatever you want us to say and then throw in some mashuga style soloing yeah and then and then lest we forget it goes into this kind of smooth jazz <laughs> piano um breakdown and i mean I'm, I'm not sure what i do live with regards to that whether they'll um put back in track on yeah. must do but and then the track it kind of ends with some really quite heavy blast beats and then it goes into this cinematic trumpet and strings and that's what leads into the next track and just as a standalone single track i mean look it is a long track but there we've we've kind of encapsulated what the album's about there's so many different elements but i think they blend them together really well and none of them seem particularly jarring because it all flows pretty well and and at the end of wildfire they have that like symphony sort of star wars style ending which yeah so yeah like that that opening track is an absolute blistering in your face track it's absolutely brilliant and the saxophone and blues piano really took me off guard as well now i know it's it is becoming more accustomed in metal with like rosa neil brought in saxophone uh imperial triumphant bringing um like the bluesy keys and stuff so it is becoming more prevalent in metal these days but I didn't expect this to come from Periphery. Now, I didn't listen to the singles. You know, I don't listen to singles. Yeah, you're right, yeah. When I first heard it, it really took me by surprise, but pleasantly surprised. The other thing on this album, just before I maybe push onto one sort of slight negative thing, is it's just the technicality of these guys. Now, I've never seen Periphery live. I don't know if you have. You, okay. Um, but... I mean, obviously, capturing the studio is different. You've got click tracks. You've got all the studio magic. You can retake it as many times as you want. But there's no denying the technical prowess of these guys playing from the drums to the guitars to the bass, even Spencer's vocals. This is such a stunning package from, like, let's be clear now, one of the leading gent bands in the genre. Yeah, and I think the title kind of gives it away a little bit, but they are a lot of bands. It's a bit like new metal back in the day that if you spoke to Korn or Deftones, they wouldn't want to be considered a new metal band. And Gent's pretty similar, that no band actually, you ask Meshuggah, they'll say, well, no, that's nothing to do with us. You even speak to like Tesseract and they've moved quite far away from it. Whereas I do think Periphery are the, the band who actually kind of wave that banner quite proudly. And um, I think they are the foremost in the scene. I mean, I'll be interested if anyone's got any views to the contrary to that, but I think they are now considered the leaders in the scene. And I think they've got a really loyal and rabid, especially online following. And I think um, all Testament is one of those things that if you just embrace and own something, then, um, 
people people will kind of see you for what it is and um come along for the ride so so yeah i i'd agree with that and i agree with what you say about the technicality i think just when i've seen them live i've seen them a few times that three guitarist approach with though the thick slabs of i mean that guitar tone i'm a sucker for anyway but um you can imagine three of them playing it do you know that's such an important part of their sound that really yeah. thick heavy weighty genty guitar sound for want of a better word um so yeah yeah and uh, i think they really have honed that guitar tone now and it's it's very distinctively them the only the, well sorry this is my book but length of the album valley is an important thing to discuss because when i first saw it the length i mean it's 70 plus minutes which is intimidating especially knowing what periphery you like now so what's your thoughts on the length agree i agree with you i think it is a bit longer um than the last album i thought the last album was on point with its length um but um it's kind of one of those things that i think periphery fans as as i just said i think are quite loyal and fervently enthusiastic about them and i think they'll lap up every minute on this record but what i don't think it's necessarily good for is your casual fan of heavy music or someone looking to investigate them as their first time i think it is quite a lot and i think most of that comes from the last two tracks being both greater than 10 minutes each I think there's one thing starting with a long track like Wildfire, but I think if you're ending with two super long tracks like that, I think it's, yeah, for your casual fan, I think that might put a few people off. Um, but yeah, I I love the band and I really enjoy their music. And so I I can kind of take that length, but um, yeah, I, I can see how it put people off. Yeah, that's, that's probably the only small downside to me. But I think, like you said, periphery fans will probably lap every second of this up. I I think I'll go first, Benny. So, uh, as is your, your band, I'm going for a solid 8.1 on this album. It's 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 excellent. It really is excellent. I'm going to re- revisit this lot, 100%. As I sit here right now, it will probably be in my top 20 at the end of the year unless something mahusive comes in, but it's definitely going to be up there end of year for sure. Yeah, me too. Um, I, I think it's very likely to be in my list. I think it's worth saying that we didn't get a promo for this, so yeah. we were listening like everyone else on release day, and there's a lot to digest in it, and I think Periphery won those bands. Again, it's kind of testament in terms of how long it took me to get into them, that... Um, yeah, it does take repeat listens for some of these things to click and you to kind of, um, yeah, ju- just get get a hook into some of the melodies or whatever else that's beneath these thick slabs. So, so yeah, I mean, for me, my score is eight. And okay. um, that is, yeah, pretty similar to yours. I think it for me, it doesn't quite hit the heights of the last two albums and i think both those are a little bit more succinct and focused i think this one like you say is a little bit too long probably um but yeah that track wildfire i think is just undeniable some of the year for you so far potentially mate yeah potentially 
Lovely. Um, all right, that was Periphery and Periphery 5. Gent is not a genre out now. And the next album is something a bit different. It's by a band called Four Token. The album's called Triumphs. It is out on Prosthetic Records. It was released the 17th of March. And this is their second album, following on from 2020's album Ruin. Now, Benny, when we were discussing which albums we're going to review on this show. We, I, I said, oh, there's a four token in here, sort of black and death metal. And you looked at the album cover and had a little chuckle to yourself. <laughs> um, so it's like a Roman soldier standing over a, a battlefield, which you probably wouldn't put aside from being a power metal album or something like that. So Benny, over to you. Do you still stand by that comparison now you've listened to the album? Yeah, it's funny. I In my notes, the first line is that I was extremely biased coming into this on the basis of the album cover. I did not like the look of it one bit. And I was like, oh, God, what have we, what have we got now? Um, but it was a little bit different to what I was expecting, uh, right. it's fair to say. I think to try and describe it, um, I think it's probably more technical death metal than black metal, but it's definitely blackened, I would say. Um, it's not battle metal by any degree, but there is that, like we've talked about on some of the records we've released, uh, reviewed in the, the last few weeks, there is that kind of driving, triumphant, major key rather than the depressive minor key discordant. So, so it is kind of uplifting. There are some kind of trad metal and thrash metal components to it. So, yeah, in short, it kind of doesn't necessarily marry up with the album cover, but um, there are elements of it that do. <laughs> I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that in a minute. But, yeah, te- I mean, technical death metal is the main ingredient of this, isn't it? And then, like you said, there's... There's black metal in there. There is trash. There's folk. There's trash. You know that there is extreme. There's pretty much everything from the heavier, dark side of the metal spectrum. There is no power metal in this. Let's be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, this, this for me, being brutally honest, was a very, very tough listen to get. Oh, right. Yeah, I, I don't know why because you know, I mean, well, look, technical death. Death metal is not my go-to anyway. Technical death metal is for sure my easier path to get into that. And you'd have thought with all the sprinklings, what we discussed, it would be easier. But I found a lot going on to start with um, when I first pressed play on the first track. It, it just came out of the trap so fast that I think it took me by surprise. Maybe your bias of the album cover set me set me to fail. That's <laughs> what to expect. But it really did catch me off guard. Um, this album is very complex, very diverse, not grinding, but there's a lot to wade through. But that being said, once you get through all of that, there are some wonderful, wonderful parts of this album to enjoy. And the main thing that sort of, as I listened to it more and more, the two main bands when I was listening to it that stuck out to me, one was Behemoth. Uh, there's elements of Behemoth on here, vocally and uh, ang- angrily, 
if that makes sense, the anger of like Behemoth. And two, I'm um, not sure if you listened to much of this band. We definitely reviewed one of their albums, but Hypocrisy mm-hmm. with the galloping drums and um, gallop of, of the album, which really appealed to me. So that's what I got out of this album. I don't know what you got out of it in terms of how yeah. your experience was. Yeah, I, I mean, similar. It is quite overwhelming that te- that kind of very fast, very technical death metal with a lot going on, a lot of kind of guitar leads and solos. Um, I want a better. I need to find a better comparator to Dragon Force, but I don't know if you know what I mean with that really fast, really kind of technical guitar lead heavy kind of music but funneled through a more death metal lens and that yeah like hypocrisy but definitely elements of melodic death metal from the scandinavian scene like your amonomath or at the gates or even a bit children of bottom in that kind of again really focusing on the guitar technicality and the noodlingness of the the music i thought um the other thing that I, I noticed throughout was there's a lot of kind of synth and orchestrations and strings yeah. below all of that technicality, which I think adds again to the complexity, but I think does give you a little bit more to hang on to. And I think is quite, I think for them, a quite integral part of their sound. I think if you took that away, the production, I, I, I think they'd be missing a lot without that. Um, and that often, those synthy bits behind often give those folky flavours or that triumphant um, battlefield feel to it, which isn't battle metal. We're agreed with that, but yeah. that kind of triumphant feel um, with lyrics about myths and legends and those kind of things. So, um yeah, I agree that actually it is quite overwhelming, especially the, the way the first track starts with that driving double bass um, that you've said. Um, but as it, for me, it got slightly easier as it went through. Um, I really like track three, which is called The Wraith That, Re- mm. that Weeps. And yeah. I think for me, there it, it was quite a memorable riff that you could kind of, that would stick in the head there was lots of the synth and orchestration behind it. Um, it had that double bass. They had a bit of Spanish guitars in there, almost yeah. classical guitars. And yeah, that's what we're kind of talking about here, that there's lots of different flavors. And sorry, mate, just before you lead on, just midway through is a track called Serpent's, Serpent's King Venom. And there's something of the Metallicas about that, um, almost like, Avenge Sevenfold when they're doing Hail to the King kind of thing. That really stomping, um, slower, stompier track. Um, and yeah, it's even got the kind of laughing, the James Hetfield laugh in there. So, so yeah, um, I was a bit intimidated initially by the technicality and the whirlwind that came out of the traps, but there is diversity on here and the dynamics are there it does slow down at points which i think is important and as i say the synth that underpins it i think just helps you kind of grasp onto something 
The synths, do, yeah, 100%. The synths do help with this listening experience. The band that I always, that springs to mind, and I've, when we were talking about it, and I always forget the name, I can sort of remember the album name. We saw them at Arb Tangent with their album Visions to Enchiladas or something. The, the Leeds band, we saw them at, and we interviewed them. Young lads. Cryptic uh, Shift. Cryptic Shift, thank you. Um, that the sort of similar feel to that with the old school feel to it and length of the songs and the length is another thing that I want to discuss on this album. So it's nine tracks. Yeah. But they're about well averaging out maybe six minutes each. It I found it very difficult at times and towards the end of the album sort of got a bit lost in in the album itself and sort of strayed adrift, if, if that's the word. Did you find that yourself or do you think this is, for, for and bear in mind for an album that is technical, death metal at heart, do you think this is part of um, Yeah, no, I think I probably agree with you that um, because there's so much going on, um, and this might sound a bit of, hypocrisy given about what i just said about periphery um and maybe i think it comes down to what your personal taste is and i think my personal taste probably sits a bit more with periphery than this and yeah. such that i find this a little bit harder to stick with whereas i can stick with something that is a bit more in my wheelhouse so so yeah no i um i get what you're saying it didn't i i never felt oppressed by the length though okay. and i think there was enough as i say that the, the dynamics did change enough over the course of the record to allow me to stick with it. Yeah, it's, it's not like putting on a, a Doom album like we come back to, like that same riff for 13 minutes mm. long. Look, all the words set aside, this may sound like it's going to come out as a negative feedback, but from what I've just said, <clears throat> there's no denying that these two are very good musicians for a two-piece to come up with all of these ideas and, you know, structure the songs the way they have. Like, I mean, I don't know how long it took to record this album, but there's so much going on, like the arrangements, adding in the synth bit parts here, does it go here? You know, to mix it with that double bass, like you were saying, you know, the speedier parts, slow down parts. There's no denying that this is a very, very well-written album and I'm not doing disservice to them at all at all i'm just making a few points from my point of view that it did come along a bit strong to start with but now the dust has settled i really like this album yeah i um i thought as i was listening to it that i thought you'd like it yeah put it that way um <laughs> yeah i i um i thought you'd be coming on quite strongly uh about this album uh, yeah, is my so so to hear your initial tentativeness, I took took me a bit by surprise. Right. I thought you were going to just be um, really um, gushing over it, gushing. Yeah, yeah. Whereas when I was listening to it, I was thinking, I don't think Benny will like this. <laughs> but, <laughs> Another, <laughs> but at the same time, I think like you've alluded to. There's enough in here that does keep... It's not just a Cannibal Corpse death metal album as much as no, you love them. No, no, There's no. There's enough here that, you know, for a new band that I think I can safely say we've both never listened to before, that 
there's enough on here that it, you wouldn't be bored or off put by it. Yeah, another band I've just looked, clocked from my notes, and I will run this past you as a more of an authority. Is um, I have to get the year right. Is it nineteen fifteen or nineteen fourteen? Nineteen fourteen, yeah. Nineteen fourteen, yeah. Um, probably a bit less blackened than. They're a band who sing about the First World War. Yeah, and it, well, I was in the ballpark of the first <laughs> world. What did um, you get history and GCSEs? <laughs> Sorry, um, yeah, not maybe as blackened as nineteen fourteen, but that same um, really technical, fast-paced black and death metal, as well as some of the themes, not necessarily about the First World War, but about wars and battles and mythology. Some of that um, thematics kind of came through. Um, So, yeah, why why don't I, uh, unless you had anything else to add, why don't I sum up? Yes, please do. So, um, this, like we've discussed, isn't necessarily my cup of tea, this style of music, but... I definitely think this album achieves what the guys have set out to achieve uh, in making it. I think um, from what the little that I've seen, the reaction online has been really positive to this. And so you might take it from people who are a bit more into this music um, or this specific subgenre um, that this does seem to have uh, struck a chord with plenty of people. For me, I've gone 7.3, um, and that is a really a nod to um, the ability to shift the dynamics amongst that really technical style of music. Very good. Would you go back to this? Uh, truth is, probably not. I, I mean, maybe once or twice, but it's yeah. not something I'll be returning frequently to. but again just a taste thing i think yeah yeah no um the technical death metal again banner not something we usually jump towards to listen to but like you said the the blackness and the diversity of styles on this album definitely took it up a notch for me so it's a 7.5 for me mate so yeah um it'd be very interesting to see these play live actually and how they can carry it to, 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 to the stage. But, yeah, um, we might see them on tour. Well, probably not new, any festival bills in the UK, but, I mean, sort of like, I'm trying to think what American bills they'd sit on. Hard to know. Yeah. I mean, hard to like know. Sort of beer fest. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And as I say, um, there seemed to be a really positive vibe about yeah. the record when it was released um, last Friday. So, yeah. Um, there's clearly something about this album and about this band that um, if this if what we've said interests you, you should check it out. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Four Token, the album's called Triumphs. It's out now. And that concludes this week's show. Thank you to my wonderful co-host, Venny, as always. Always a pleasure, never a chore. And until next time, we'll see you on the Home Matters podcast. <laughs>